boy is eating. The boy is your name. What is your name? She is not a girl. First, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Coffee with Gringos, Dynamic English's new podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee with us. You're listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Paige Sutherland. And I'm Raya Wojka. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, we are with a special guest, Grace Donovan, who will be talking about entrepreneurship in Chile. Thanks so much for being with us, Grace. Glad to be here. And remember, as you're listening to the episode, of course, there will be three of us talking. It'll be more than Paige and I, as usual. And so if you get lost along the way, the transcript and vocabulary guide are on the website to help you out. Like Mariah said, thanks, Grace, for being here. Since mm-hmm. you are new to the show, introduce yourself. Where are you from? How long have you been in, in Chile? So I'm from Oregon in the United States, so that's on the West Coast, and I have been in Chile for five years now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. A veteran. Yes. It has been a, a couple, it's been a while. So <laughs> uh, I, when I came to Chile, I came initially for a job in Antofagasta, so I immediately moved up north and was there for three years and have spent the last two years in Santiago. Okay. Wow. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And what kind of work do you do here? I work in entrepreneurship. I work for a nonprofit organization called Endeavor. And the mission of our organization is to support entrepreneurs in emerging economies and provide them support that you typically find in Silicon Valley. And so that's creating networks of mentors and other business leaders and entrepreneurs who desire the best for the the ecosystem in general. And so we look for the most promising high-impact entrepreneurs in Chile and provide them support so that they can continue to grow and build amazing businesses that create a lot of jobs and have a big impact not only on Chile, but in the region. That's so cool. That's super interesting. So can you tell us a little bit more about the entrepreneurship scene, the ecosystem in Chile? Yeah, so Chile actually has one of the most robust entrepreneurship ecosystems in Latin America. There's a lot of programs that put Chile on the map in terms of entrepreneurship. You have a a government that's very pro-entrepreneur, and so we have programs like Startup Chile that's Mm -hmm. recognized internationally, and you get a lot of entrepreneurs coming to Santiago to start their businesses, and they stay here for six months and usually return to their home markets, and sometimes they stay here. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think entrepreneurship in general is something that a lot of people are talking about now in Chile. It's something that is emerging as a new career. It's being studied in the universities. There's a lot of interest in it. I think the big challenge that Chile has is that it's a very small market. So actually building a very, very large company that's recognized again, internationally, is very tough Mm -hmm. that a lot of neighboring countries have been able to do because it's easier to get more clients. Okay. Okay. And you've been at the same company for about five years. What are some of the most memorable projects that you've worked with through this? Oh, there have been many. So the first three years I was focused in the mining industry because in Antofagasta, the innovation ecosystem is centered on mining. And Mm -hmm. so there, you know, I've worked with entrepreneurs 
that are you know, from Ikike. So in Ikike, there's an entrepreneur who makes very efficient, high-altitude vertical turbine pumps, which are really large pumps that are used in the mining industry. And he is able to make these pumps with recycled materials. And so he's very vertically integrated. They're extremely efficient. And it's part of the circular economy. So taking old pumps, recycling them, making them new, and selling them back to the mines to make it a more sustainable operation. We also work with entrepreneurs in biotechnology who are creating solutions using bacteria to reduce dust in mine sites and improve the efficiency of the leaching process. Again, so separating copper from the mineral. We also work with entrepreneurs who make the leaching process much more efficient and much more safe. And these are entrepreneurs who sometimes don't have a degree, who don't come from a necessarily successful family. And oftentimes in Chile, there is this perception that if you are to be successful, you have to be born successful. Mm. And that's something that in our organization, we'd really try and highlight those who weren't born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Yeah. You know, we've worked with entrepreneurs who you know grew up in really poor neighborhoods or who used to sell french fries on the street but now run multi-million dollar companies and those are really important stories to tell you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of stories which aren't very common here i think and they're also not commonly told and in you know in santiago we work with a lot of you know retail and software and agriculture and food industry companies there's a lot of really really interesting things and innovation that's that are happening in in Chile in general. I have so many more examples. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. What would you say is the most inspiring part of your work, and what would you say is the most discouraging? I'd say the most very good question. I'd say the most inspiring part of my job is just being able to see how these entrepreneurs overcome so many barriers and really make their businesses work. Uh, it's really amazing to see like the success stories within their own companies of people that they've you know they've they've worked with or people that they service that are you know that have you know much more opportunities or opportunities to travel and do really interesting things thanks to the job that they have with this company and also see them as they grow abroad as they raise money as they purchase other companies that begin to grow inorganically and enter new markets and really see them growing and and having such a huge impact on the company and we get to see them over time as they grow and mature and become even more efficient and even better at what they do and it's inspiring to hear about what they've overcome to Mm -hmm. get to that point you know whether that's losing a really big contract and having to have you know unfortunately fire a lot of your staff but then be able to bounce back Mm -hmm. or you know, all number of setbacks that can happen right. and just, you know, they keep marching forward and that's you know really admirable. Uh, and then in the most discouraging part of the job, that's tough. I don't, it's hard to say. If you had people with great ideas, but maybe mm-hmm. didn't want to take that leap. We've had people come to pitch ideas to us where they've spent very, very long time thinking about producing a minimum viable product, which is, you know, the basic that you need to go to market to even test if the idea works, that they've been thinking about it for a year and haven't done anything. <laughs> and so we're like, well, uh, maybe come back. Right, when you, <laughs> you know, have when something you, when to When you have show. something to show for it. <laughs> so we get a lot of people with ideas. I think we actually get 
more of the opposite. So people that have an idea that they think is absolutely amazing and they're going to, you know, just go to the moon and back with this idea. And you've seen this idea many times before. And it's really hard to get excited and mimic the excitement of the entrepreneur when you've seen so many people trying to solve the same problem. So it seems like you have two problems where you have people who think they're trailblazers, but like Mm -hmm, that idea has already been (laughs) done. And then people who come in with half-baked ideas. Yeah, you're like, we do. maybe you should think about this a little more. Yeah. <laughs> but, and so we do have to weed out a lot of the really good ideas. We interview hundreds of entrepreneurs a year and select six on average per year. Wow. So it takes a long time for us to find the entrepreneurs that we want to support. But once we do, we are absolutely sure that these entrepreneurs are doing amazing things, that they have innovation that's not going to disappear tomorrow, that a competitor is not going to be able to come in and take over, and that their innovation gives them enough of a competitive edge that they're going to be able to grow well. And so we know that they're also at a a point in time where their growth trajectory is pointing upwards. And we look for entrepreneurs that have between one to three million dollars in sales annually at the point where we select them as Endeavor Entrepreneurs. And so that's kind of what we're focusing on because at that point they have enough traction in the market that they're now focusing on scaling rather than just getting a client base. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's the other really important thing that we look for as we try and push these entrepreneurs to grow and expand, not you know from beyond Santiago you know, to regions in Chile, to Peru, to Argentina, to Mexico, and to the US. I'm very new to this economy of entrepreneurship. Would you say it's what you do? Mm-hmm. Is it like Shark Tank? Would it be kind of <laughs> like for some listeners who might not uh-huh. know exactly? Would that be kind so, of similar? It's similar in a way. We, okay. So we're we qualify more as an accelerator because we do not invest in our entrepreneurs. There is a venture capital ecosystem here in Chile that we do work closely with and tr- and you know try and maintain a very you know, healthy working relationship. We do have international selection panels, so our process is not only in Chile. We are a global organization, and we take our entrepreneurs abroad whenever they're ready to be selected or whenever they're ready to complete this final step in the process. And they have to present their company in front of a panel of six judges. And these six judges are usually very successful business executives and or entrepreneurs. So people that run Fortune 500 companies or entrepreneurs who have built successful companies that have IPO'd, that have raised a certain amount of venture capital and have reached a certain level of scale. And that is very much like Shark Tank. So the entrepreneurs that are being selected come in and have five minutes to present their company and back it up with a 10-page business profile that we write for them. And then they have an hour-long discussion, and then there's deliberations as to whether or not they will be accepted into our organization, and the vote has to be unanimous. So that That's intense. It's very intense, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I bet there's like an adrenaline rush in there. Oh, for sure. It's definitely uh, like tense, and as staff, you know, we've trained our entrepreneurs to give a pitch within five minutes and in English and that's oftentimes difficult because we take entrepreneurs that don't speak English sometimes and I have had to sit at tables with panelists and do live translations that aren't necessarily rehearsed 
or you know you work really hard so that the entrepreneur will memorize what they need to say and then just hope that your panelists speak Spanish right <laughs> so that they can also ask questions during the question and answer session it's fun mm -hmm. uh, for sure but it's it's work and it can be exhilarating really exciting but also really disappointing when things don't work out the way you hope I'm sure I can only imagine so you said that that some of these judges are these big name uh -huh. fortune 500 company owners who is the most famous person you have met <laughs> Through the most your work. famous person I have met. Or the coolest person. Page, the oh, host of Coffee and Pringles. <laughs> Other than us. Um, Successful yes. podcast host. <laughs> or maybe somebody you were jazzed about meeting. Well, I have not met this person yet, but Reid Hoffman is for the founder of LinkedIn and one of the founders of PayPal is part of our organization. I don't think he's ever been a panelist, though. But he does show up every so often at Sweet. our events. That's pretty good. Um, That's a big deal, yeah. Yeah. The, I think, in, like, focused on Latin America, the most famous person I have had, I've met multiple times at this point is Nicolás Secazi, who's one of the founders of Mercado Libre. And okay. it's an Argentinian company. They are one of the first Argentinian startups to ever go public mm -hmm. and, you know, have a tremendous business that is on par with eBay. You know, we've all used Mercado Libre or Mercado Pago. We all know it. Mm -hmm. And these guys are just so intense and very, very smart, know so much about business and also have a venture capital fund now that is one of the most active uh, investing funds in the region. and. I think if you're lucky enough to get investment from um, Cossack Ventures, which is their fund, and they also have a corporate venture capital fund, uh, you know, you have access to, you know, investors who are entrepreneurs who have been in your shoes and who know exactly what it takes to build a really successful business. And that's just such a huge asset. Totally. And so, you know, I'm very intimidated by them sometimes because, of course, I have to defend my candidates against uh, to these you know, individuals who know so much more than I do. But I also have tremendous respect for what they've built. And for your line of business, so mm -hmm. you speak mostly Spanish at work? Yes, I speak 90%. Well, I spend 90% of my time is spent speaking Spanish. Yes. And to go back, we didn't really touch on it, but how was your learning process with Spanish? So I learned Spanish in high school. I did an exchange to Spain when I was 16, so I spent 10 months in Spain. I failed all of my classes because I didn't understand anything, but I had, I had to make them up over time and eventually passed. Of course, the first semester, the only things that I actually passed was physical education and English. Big surprise. But it's wild because you were... <laughs> Without speaking Spanish, you were going to high school 100% in Spanish. Yeah. Which is, exactly. I mean, for our language learners that are listening, I'm sure that they can understand what a massive challenge that would have been. It was exhausting, you know, wanting to just stop paying attention because I was really tired and not being able to. But I remember I would take notes. And because I was in Spain, it was actually a lot easier to understand what they were saying because I could easily tell the difference between S's, C's, and Z's. Mm. But I would write all the words that I recognized, because I was in lectures in high school, and I would just, in my little notebook, I would write the words I recognized, and then whenever I didn't recognize anything, I would just squiggly line, draw a squiggly line until I understood something else. And then I would always borrow a friend's notebook at, at the end of every day, 
take it home and then fill in all my squiggly lines with the actual words. Wow. That's a lot of work. It was a lot of work. And of course, this was, you know, in mid 2000s and I didn't have a laptop. So it was all done by hand. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. commitment. That sounds like something that our listeners could do when they're listening to Coffee with Gringos, right? Just get your notepad out. <laughs> write it word for word. But yeah. that helps. Write down so what much. you understand. And then, you know, I got better and better at it as I I'm learned sure. to distinguish words, and that was important. And and then after college, I moved to the Dominican Republic and regained fluency. And then when I came to Chile, I felt very confident in my Spanish. But <laughs> I was not expecting Spanish to be spoken so quickly and with a much heavier accent than I ever anticipated, also with all the modismos and slang that they use, it took me a long time to get back at a level where I felt like I really, really had a control over the language. Mm. I worked in mining in the beginning, and I remember in the office, we'd always talk about minas. And I thought they were talking about mines, of course. But I was like, why are they using such interesting language to describe a mine? When I later learned that they were talking about women. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I was talking about well, how minds are so complicated, Minas. <laughs> minas son muy complicadas. And it still made sense it did when, I, when sense. I applied it to mining. But I think there was something about the tone and the facial expressions that didn't quite fit actual mining. Okay, so you've been in Chile for five years now. Mm-hmm. What comes next for you? So I will actually be leaving next month, which is very sad. I'm going to miss Chile so dearly, but I will continue to work in entrepreneurship with the same company. I'm staying with Endeavor, but I'm moving to Detroit, Michigan. Very exciting. So I'll be working with entrepreneurs in Michigan and Midwest, virtually the same as Santiago. (laughs) Right. I have never been to that area of the United States, so it's like going to a new country within my country. Midwest is best. And (laughs) West Coast, best coast. Oh. There it is. There it is. Ah, East Coast. East Coast. You don't have have a catchy rhyme page. Yeah, I'll have to think out. I went to college on the East Coast. I have family on the East Coast. I love the East Coast, but West Coast is home. And I'm just really excited to see kind of what things are happening in Detroit, of course, we all kind of know the story of how Detroit was so affected by the financial crisis in 2009, so there's a lot of rebuilding going on, and I think it's definitely a city that's you know, rising from the ashes, so to speak, and you know, entrepreneurs are a big part of that, so I'm really excited to see what they're building. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that we had the chance to get you on the podcast before yeah, you before me. you take <laughs> off. Thank you so much for for sharing so much with us today. I know that I learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners did too. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Coffee with Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just want to learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening.